episode 125, dated Friday the 9th of October 2009, Gamers with Jobs and Gaming with Kids. You're listening to Digital Cowboys. News, reviews, discussions and uncensored opinions on the world of video games. You're a game company. That's why you make Mario. So if they carry on making a new Mario game, a new Zelda game, the stuff that we've come to rely on, that's all well and good. But the one thing they forgot to show in this conference was anything for that demographic. Move to the next section, you shoot all the guys there, you move to the next section. What other shooter doesn't do this? But it's what they do with the AI to make those shooting sections interesting. I mean, One of the achievements is play it for more than 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) When we do an imitation of a Ponzi Brit, do we sound as bad? Yes. yes. <laughs> I am actually sitting here drinking tea as yeah. we're doing this podcast. Is there a trend in the industry you wish you could do away with? Activision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alex Shaw. I'm Tony Atkins. Welcome to the this week, we are immensely proud to welcome on our show from Gamers with Jobs, the show that yanked us out of obscurity with a simple plug session. Gamers with Jobs, please give a warm welcome to Sean Lysium Sands and Julian Rabbit Murdoch. I don't know if proud is the right, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, barely a little excited, like titillated slightly. That would shamed? be shamed. Shame. Why would be sh- we be shamed? To have because, because this is our shtick. What we do is we go around being big shots and then pretend to be very small. It's endearing. Uh huh. <laughs> and I was well, about to give you a round of applause. Yeah. Oh no! I, mostly because I kill publications and podcasts are next. Right. Um, it's my now, gift. Considering that this would be kind of like someone at an independent film festival saying, now, this is Steven Spielberg. You may have heard of his work. Um, <laughs> just, uh, we're not going to go too much into gamers with jobs, but let's just say it, it's a massive podcast that a lot of folks listen to, and it's very high-quality stuff. And um, Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, you guys gave us our break, so thank you guys. Uh, and Previously, they opened our independent show, which everybody should listen to. Uh, you started off with a segment about you know, how you became... Well, it's all about uh, why we do what we do as podcasters, and uh, I think you guys had a particularly succinct session there, and it was you know really excellent. And uh, Rob Borges has been on before. He's also on your show. Uh, he was doing the Room 101. Room 101, yeah. And it was fantastic having him on. But now we got you guys. So... It's We're working our way through. Eventually we'll have Corey. Maybe one you're day. Your, you're working your way down. I see how this works. <laughs> now, the reason we got you on is because you happen to be the two GWJs who have kids. That's so true. Right. Yeah. And that puts you in a unique position to answer our questions on how to play games with your kids. So, after that... The uh, main topic to this week, are we reviewing FIFA 10? Oh, are we reviewing it? Tony, reviewing Tony will talk yeah. about FIFA 10 and Dead Space Extraction, and we'll both be talking about Need for Speed Shift, which hopefully I'll have played a bit of. Right. Because <laughs> we're recording this on Sunday, and it's not going out for many, many days. Yes. So it's just, and one more thing, in terms of time scale, uh, you guys, have, what time is it there? I have uh, six o'clock. Seven, seven, twelve. Seven, twelve. You, you're feeling perky? You're nice and rested? Yes. Okay. I'm good to go. I, I believe my clock says it's 12 minutes past midnight now. Yeah, 12 minutes past midnight. Me too. And I've been in London all day and trains were out, so that was brilliant. So if we're... Does it make you feel good to know that I'm intensely jealous that you got to go to London? I've never been to London. Oh, man. I, I just want to. Okay. Jealous. We're in the future. And I had a good day. 
I'll bet you're not quite so jealous to go to Minneapolis. <laughs> no, it's never. Nobody's ever like, oh, man, how was the mall? It was fantastic. <laughs> I might take a trip to Minneapolis because Commander Tim of GameHounds lives pretty close there as well. Uh, Seattle was nice. See, while we were in Seattle, we didn't even see Corey, and he lives in Seattle. Mm. Missed our opportunity. Okay. Right, so let's move on to the main feature. <laughs> I could just speak. Gaming with your kids. Now, I have a daughter aged 13 months. Her name is Lyra. Sean has a what? I have a little person who's going to turn one year old this month. You have a midget? And we don't know no, yet. No, no, no I, just, I, I just call him a little person. He, he doesn't seem to mind yet. He can't voice an opinion in dissent, so uh-huh. I call him whatever I want. Okay. Uh, my, my older boy, uh, he's, he's six years old uh, and, and actively uh, uh, argues with any, any input I, I offer. <laughs> Damn! Isn't it tough when they start getting opinions? It all goes downhill once they have an it really opinion. Really does, and, and he's free with him. He does this hand gesture, uh, this this really cool kid hand gesture that's not going to be cool when he's thirteen. Like he like he just kind of juts it out there every time he tells you. He looks like a tiny Howie Mandel. He's like, listen, Dad, <laughs> and he's got that hand open palm facing up, looking at me like I'm supposed to put something like like I'm supposed to pay him for his opinion every time. You're doing it wrong. Here's a penny, kid. You know, uh-huh. well, he knows everything. He does. What are their names, these uh, these kids? Uh, Dan- Daniel is my oldest, and Michael is my youngest. Okay. And Julian, you have a... I have a almost 10-year-old daughter. She turns 10 in uh, about a month. Uh-huh. And a 5-year-old son, uh, Jen and Peter. Okay. And boy, do 10-year-old girls have opinions. <laughs> Jeez. I've got all that to look forward to. Wait till yeah, I get to teenagers. Right, uh, Tony would like to be a dad eventually, but happens <laughs> <Yeah>. to have <laughs> m- uh, have many nephews, so he's definitely got an opportunity do, to. Do play you have that barrier of finding the right woman first still in front of you? Uh, right. No, I have a beautiful woman, and uh, yeah, it just happens uh, happen, hasn't happened for us at, at this point. But uh, yeah, do Bowie, do I feel like the odd one out? I, I love that mum that goes to a you know a nursery and all their friends have got kids and <laughs> they're all talking about it, and I'm just sitting there going. Yeah. Well, the the sad news is we're actually secretly all jealous, but we'll never admit it. Okay. God, that's I so true. It. Seriously, <laughs> you know, the, that's why we try and put that kind of pressure on you, you know, to make you feel bad so that we feel better about ourselves. When right. secretly, and then when you actually we realize have... that anytime you want, anytime you want, you can like be like, I want to go see a movie, and bam, you do it. You just, yes. you just do it. How did yeah. that happen? Tony, what, what was District 9 like? Because I haven't seen it yet. For the exact I, I same reason as you just mentioned. Yeah, but now you've made I me haven't... feel depressed because I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of my freedom. Now. Oh, take advantage of it. For God's oh. sake, man. Now we're going to make you feel guilty. You'll have kids and then we'll all secretly call a meeting and say, well, that's another sucker down. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'd like to say a great percentage of our listeners are, are going to be in this situation at some point in their lifetime. So the question is, how do we play games with the little ones? And for many, where do I start? So, let's do Sean's situation followed by Rabbit's situation, try and keep some semblance of order. Uh, Sean. Yes. Um, you know, the thing I have realized is how badly I screwed up my six-year-old. So I'm glad I have two <laughs> to go back and, and redo. You know, it's, it's, it's like a... It's, it's essentially like a second life, you know, in a video game. I'm like, oh, I've lost that one. Maybe I can do better with this one. Uh, that's that's Homer Simpson right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I, I got my son into video games fairly early, and it just is a default of the fact that I write about video games. Uh, you know, I podcast about video games. I, this is – it's kind of central to what I do. Um, 
so early on, he was just very, very interested. And I was always very conscious about what I was playing in front of him. I, I, I didn't play games like Halo or Grand Theft Auto uh, in front of him, mostly at first just because of my own kind of hang-ups, and then later on because his mother would have actively hurt me had I done so. <laughs> um, but I got him in, like, by three. He was playing little bits of, like, Pac-Man on the Xbox Live or, or, or these kind of very, very simple, basic games. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't good at them. But he's good at them now. Like, he's better than I am at, at several games. Um, so I, I don't plan to get my, my youngest kid uh, into video games that early because they've, like, taken over his life. Like, this morning I woke up and it was very early and I was I was still kind of sleeping. It's like, Dad... Can I play uh, the Forza 3 demo? And I'm like, hell yes, you can. I'm gonna just out. So I'm a terrible father. And that's a true story. But, uh, yeah, you know, we play a ton. It's, it's something that we connect with each other on, too, which is one thing that I really do like about it. Okay. Uh, Rabbit situation. Uh, so my daughter, I, I mean, when I had my daughter, you know, 10 years ago, uh, I strapped her onto my chest in one of those baby Bjorn things, and I played Counter Strike with her facing my chest. So she I remember that story. That is wrong. <laughs> so yes, it is. It's but she horrible. can still hear them, right? I mean, no, I had headphones on. I'm oh, that's not, right. I'm not insensitive. What kind of, <laughs> of course, that didn't help the fact that I'm yelling, "Boom! Headshot!" But um, I pwned you. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, at this point, you're only slightly better than those monkey tests when they give a monkey like a like a, a, a stuffed bear and then it just clings to it. That's, you're, you're only right there. Pretty much on what it was. So she's grown up. To say she's grown up around games would be a huge understatement. Huh. Um, but she actually has never expressed nearly the interest that my son has. My son, from the age of three or four, wanted to play video games more than anything. And I don't know whether that's a natural predisposition or whether he just saw me doing it, but we played... God, all the Lego games, which I cannot do anymore. Um, and we play Rock Band, and he plays driving games, etc. My daughter, once she learned how to read, lost some little interest she had in video games and now wants to play board games with me instead, which, frankly, for me, I, I actually prefer that because I don't find playing video games with my kids to be a particularly satisfying gaming experience. It can be a very satisfying parenting experience. Um, but it's not like I'm working on my Geometry Wars 2 high score with my six-year-old son in the co-pilot seat, right? I mean, it's it's fun, but it's not like I'm playing the games I necessarily would, would want to play on my own. But with my daughter, who's now 10, I'm playing, you know, Talisman and Settlers of Catan, and I run a D&D group for her. And so she's just like a gaming buddy. Um, she just happens not to be that interested in video games, although she's going through a big free realms phase right now. Um, which is really fun to watch. I have to say, it's 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 great material too as a writer. And and I just kind of want to chime in here. One of the, one of the things that has struck me as interesting, particularly as my son's now going to uh, to school, is like when I was five, six, you know, first grade area. If I had come in and talked about you know how I played video games with my dad, you know, people oh. would be like, "What you did? What with who?" Yeah. And, and like. People are like jealous now, like because because I have all three systems, and so his friends, which he has, and I, you know, which is nice because I didn't at the time. Uh, they're all like, "Oh, you have Xbox? Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, and you have the Wii? Oh, that's so cool!" Yeah. So it, it's it's a lot more 
kind of socially acceptable, at least in the realm that he's in, where it definitely was not when, I, you know, back in the dark yeah, ages. Do, do his friends come over and play games at your house? Has that yes. started happening yet? Yes. See, I, we have this rule that when he has play dates and, and, and kids come over, we have so many, like, freaky hippie friends that their kids, like, we, like video games are forbidden when there are other people in the house. Oh, unless come it's on. Not, unless it's really? No, because... No, because like, not, I mean, all of his little friends. God, I sound so pedantic. All of his little <laughs> friends, um, they all hear about him playing games, and they're all really jealous. But it's been kind of clear with the parents that there's a reason they don't have a Wii in their house, or there's a reason they don't have a 360 in their house. It's like I'm working on them, but yeah, it, by yes, no but, means are they all going to show up, and all of a sudden I'm going to be like, "All right, guys, it's Gears of War time." Yeah, obviously, but, but there's got to be something in between Rock Band and Gears of War, though. I mean, what about Forza? <laughs> I wonder whether the reason is they've seen your son and they're like, see, this is what happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's quite possible. And, and forgive me, you live, you know, and I can I can speak to the fact that I live in the cultural nature uh, of this country. You live in the pretentious center of the entire nation, so yes, I mean, I it's, it's not it's not hard to imagine that kind of sensibility in the area. I mean, people in my area, they're. They're much more loose. They're like, oh, hey, you know, it's it the video games, and what are you going to do about that, hey? Because uh, that's, that's where I come from. <laughs> I love it when you do the accent. Can I just I know, tell you I that? It. It never gets old. Oh, hey, but, thanks but a lot there. But, but no, I mean, we have, di- we have dinner with, like, all of these people. You know, we go to school parties or whatever, and, and I have to, like, explain – pedantically and at length that you know there are games in the world other than grand theft auto and no not every game is sex with blue aliens in it i am the the lone defender of western massachusetts gaming so, <laughs> so to follow that then there's lie to us where is, where is the starting point of games and where do you introduce you know, what do we call them the young'uns the little'uns Gosh, I'm trying to think. What was the first game you played with Daniel? Yeah, really, Pac-Man. The, you know, I'm I'm looking back and, and I'm thinking actually the the really early stuff that he expressed an interest in is all the like Nick Jr. and Noggin and stuff like that. The stuff he watched, not that often, but on TV, they all really had this strong internet vector. They said, "Go to our website," and mm. at some point, I think he just said, "What's a website?" You know, essentially in his <laughs> tiny boy voice that didn't form the words right, but I got the gist of it. So I showed it to him, and it was like a light had turned on deep inside his eyes. Like, you know, <laughs> this is the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I looked at him, and I thought, oh, no, I've done a terrible thing. So for him, it was like seeing <laughs> Tron for the first time, right? Yeah, it was a little bit like, except in, instead of being cool Jeff Bridges, it was Dora the Explorer and Boots. So. <laughs> mm. oh, okay. So my son, my son really got hooked on, I would say, driving games were the first thing where he felt a connection to mm. like, I'm actually doing something. So what, um, Mario Kart? Been four, yeah, Mario Kart for sure on the Wii, but, but I mean, even that, how old is Mario Kart on the Wii now? Two years? Mm. Yeah. Two, seven about, years. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. That's about right. So Mario Kart with the wheel, that was a big step for him. Um, and then Forza 2, we played the heck out of Forza 2 where I would do the pedals and he would just use the wheel. So he likes the Mario Kart and he likes the, Sports and so, I mean, and what about other sports? I mean, obviously, Wii Sports is obviously a great. Yeah, the Wii, the Wii's like, been yeah. a big hit, and actually, the Wii Sports games, like the really physical ones, are the only ones that he and his ten-year-old sister will play together for any length of time. So mm. they'll play Wii Sports Resort sword fighting, 
ah. until they pass out on the floor at ten o'clock at night if you let them. They'll just they'll just sit there and try to beat each other up virtually for hours on end. Nice. They love that stuff. Well, it's, it's better than doing it in real life then. Exactly. Well, you pitch that to the parents. Just say, you know, you, you want your kids to stop clawing at each other's arms. Just, just give them Snap this. Each other around the head with Wiimotes. Yeah. With, yeah. Although, although even then they manage to injure each other on a regular basis. But well, that's what the big Wii rubber things afforded. Just exactly. to push the blows. Right. Okay. So, um, I don't know anything about Leapster. Am I gonna yeah. need to know anything about Leapster or that kind of? I have one. I stuff? can, you know, it's it's uh. For my son, it's not sophisticated enough, which is really kind of telling because he's like, yeah, yeah, he'll play it for a little while. And he's like, where the hell is the DS? Let's real with this thing, you know. And so uh, because he's I mean, he's he doesn't play the handheld very much. Like if if he is in a gaming mood, so he's awake, he's in a gaming mood. (laughs) He wants to play the Xbox, the Wii, or the computer. Because, like, on the computer, he loves Peggle. He loves uh, Crayon Physics. Your son is... has taste. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't let him play the bad games. I'd walk in and, you know, oh, no, don't don't play. What is this, two worlds? Get it off there. <laughs> <laughs> the the Leapster has never really clicked in. It's just so fundamentally simplistic. It's it, it's video games for somebody who's never played a video game. It's like a gateway at best. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. <laughs> yeah, I can exactly. see that. Okay. Yeah, we we had a uh, we had a leap pad for my daughter. Um, which is sort of the the next generation leapster. It doesn't have a video screen. It actually uses these things called books. Um, and and again, same same thing. She, it's, once once a DS entered the house, she had no interest in ever opening that thing up again. Uh-huh. I mean, my son was sitting here playing Scribble Knots for two hours today. Not that I'm proud of that, um, but it's been good because he's been learning how to spell. That's a good thing. That is good, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love doing that. That's not thing. how you spell hooker, son. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why I, that's why I taught my son blackjack. Then he knows how to add up to right. you know twenty one or the fact so. That, of course, the fact that he's trying to solve every puzzle with three letter words means I'm learning how many puzzles in, in scribble knots can be solved with gun, and cat, <laughs> and dog. It's a uh, bat. Yeah, it's all weapons. It's guns and bats. He's pretty much figured out how to solve almost everything. It's like, look, capture the pretty butterfly. Gun. <laughs> Pity the poor butterfly and all the other animals that are being shot right now. Exactly. Just to um, right as you mentioned a bit earlier on in the po- uh, early on in the podcast was that you kind of become a spokesman for gaming yourselves because obviously you have young children and uh, people know that you're into gaming. Describe that because obviously there is a huge demographic of people out there that still think games are bad for their kids and certainly think games are bad for their really young kids. So how do you actually just, you know, talk to these people and say, look, no, seriously, you just need to see this, a DS or this, try this? Well, I mean, I speaking for myself, <clears throat> it, it comes down to whether or not you are the trusted source for these people who have already given up and admitted the games are going to be part of their kids' lives or whether you were the apologist for part of the world that they hate right so yeah. i mean it, it's sort of funny it's like a lot of the kids that my my kids associate with all come from the same giant church group and 
half of those people in the church group come to me and say, so I'm going to get my son a DSi for Christmas. What should I get for it? Like, what game should I get? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And that's fun, right? I love being like the go-to guy, like the guy that the parents come to and ask. But then the other half of the church group is pretty sure that I'm pushing Satan on the other half of the church group. Um, and so it, it really does sort of feel like that complete dichotomy where those people that I can bring into the fold – I become this kind of trusted resource and that's just a blast. But then the rest of the time, I honestly half the time feel like I'm, I'm defending something that they feel is indefensible. And that does create a bit of a rift. I have to say, mm. are it's, you really seeing that this, that often? I mean, cause this is what you're describing is, is, is essentially alien to me. And, and it could be that I'm oblivious. It's certainly not beyond, you know, the, the pale uh, to consider that I probably mangled that metaphor, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Are you really really seeing that? I mean, absolutely. No, no, I've I've had this active. Don't put my son in front of video games or I'll come to your house with a pitchfork. No, 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 no. Like, like people that you've met at my house, like Mm -hmm. when you last time you were here that we came over and played rock band and were part Mm -hmm. of my little gaming weekend at dinner have explicitly said, I really appreciate the fact that you don't let my son play games when he comes over here. Mm. Like, they're still my friends, which is the odd part. And we've gotten into really heated political conversation, but it sometimes feels like I'm like the only Democrat in a room full of Republicans or vice versa. (laughs) You know, either way, either way. Right. I mean, it, it, it really does end up feeling like a political debate half the time. Isn't it strange how people who uh, hate and fear the devil so much always carry pitchforks? Yeah. <laughs> Weapon of choice. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you're enemy. Um, where to go from there? Where to go from uh, the, the most basic uh, stuff and getting him on the driving games? I mean, w- w- you know, how did you uh, move him onwards to get into some more dexterous games? Well, I think I think Sean and I shared a particularly great like bridge experience, which was Super Mario Galaxy. Oh, I mean, absolutely! That, was, yeah. that one introduces. I mean, if if you can hand a kid the controller and they'll play Super Mario Galaxies for an hour on their own and go collect five stars, they're a gamer for life, right? They've got all the skills at that point. I feel bored. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> well, isn't that wonderful? Because I kind of learned my trade on collecting stars with Super Mario as well. Just, or just saving the princess. So you, congratulations, you! Yeah. you're one of us. Yay! <laughs> right. Just from a, skill, a gamer skills standpoint, I sort of feel like, to me, like my son playing games even more than my daughter. It's a bit of like, a, I want to make sure that he knows how to throw a baseball, and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that he knows how to cook an omelet, and like the basic skills in life that by the time he's often married, he should know. And they're like some core video game skills, right? You need to know how to control a two-stick shooter on a console holder. Uh, you need to know how to, you know, you need to ha- know how to play a first-person shooter with a mouse and the WASD keys. I mean, these are basic, fundamental skills of being a person in the 21st century, right? And uh, and I will tell you, Super Mario Galaxy, you you lay a pile of them in there. You get all all the 3D manipulation stuff, mm-hmm. all the jump timing. You know, if you're going to be a, a a gamer of the year. 2020 you got to get that stuff started early i have to say it's not nearly as laid out and planned and, and articulated as, as you make i picture myself as you're talking about okay how did you move into the next step sitting in a darkened room you know with a candle <laughs> over a map. yeah and a flowchart <laughs> The only way to get to Super Mario Brothers is through the, you know, <laughs> Sonic. Yes, it must be Sonic first. 
it, most of the time, it is simply walking into a game store, which I do, looking at something and going, I bet he could play that. That would be really fun together, which is how you get into mm. Lego. And sometimes it's already having a game, like Rock Band, like the Forza 3 demo, like those sorts of things. And and and, and you're involved in the mechanics and go, man, he could totally play this. And, and then call him over, here, try this. Oh, no, no, never mind. You suck at it. Go away. No, I don't <laughs> that. Uh, I'll turn up a year, You can't be my wingman. Yeah. <laughs> you're too small and you have well, no skill. Like the latest thing I've been playing with my son is Castle Crashers, and that was completely born of, oh my god, he wants to play Lego again. I have to have something in my arcade list I can play other than Lego. And I was like, huh, Castle Crashers. I gave up on that one before the first patch. Let's try that again. Uh, and, uh, and it, that's totally it, everything we played in the last couple of days has just been Castle Crashers. Well, then that leads to a good point because your son's 10, did you say? No, my son's five and a half. My daughter's 10. Okay, with, then even better, because Castle Crashers is, is a fairly violent game. I mean, there's certainly blood well, being you know, represented I've on had, screen, I got so. a lot of crap for this on Twitter, too, when I put out... <laughs> You're a monster, not, sir. Compared to, compared to the Lego games, it is absolutely no more violent. The same, you're doing the same stuff. You're, you're occasionally shooting people that. with an arrow, and you're whacking people with a sword, and, and there's, there's not a particularly large amount of gore or anything like that. People's heads don't fly off. It's just a running around and bashing people with a sword. It's just, and frankly, it's exactly like playing Lego Star Wars in that regard, um, with sort of similar levels of ambivalent death penalties. Um, the thing that it is is scatological, right? There are tons of pooping and farting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like tons and tons and tons of it, which you don't realize till you play it with a five-year-old who laughs hysterically every time, like a deer runs across the screen and farts at you. Um, <laughs> so that actually has been more the issue than the violence, because because it's also so cartoon. It's even more cartoon, I think, than the Lego games. So even if I believe you, which <laughs> I don't. Um, that comes to another good question. I, I guess, and this doesn't really just come into games; it comes into you know film and TV. Where do you start to kind of introduce more? I don't want to just say violent games, but more adult-oriented games. Is that just through just like like you said earlier? It's just a natural point. You know, you, you just work out okay, they're probably okay, ready for Castle Crashers or. I'm not going to say Manhunt because that's so far the opposite end. I was about to say, well, did, did, didn't that. you have Daniel playing Condemned Two, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like a logical progression at the time. Uh, <laughs> flower to condemn too. It was just one step Boom. over. Uh, you know, actually, I've, I've pulled Hitler. back. Uh, I pulled back. Actually, mm. I, I find found myself myself lately really uh, not pushing because I I feel like at some point I got beyond where I was comfortable with. Like I was accelerate him accelerating him in a way, not intentionally at at the pace that he was keeping up. At the same time, he's just a five-year-old kid, and at some point, it, you know, you're sitting there and you're going, you know, seven, eight, nine, yeah, five. Why don't we bring it back a little bit? Like, whether in movies or whatever. Like, I, like, I, I pushed example, him through because I'm curious. Well, I pushed them through the Star Wars trilogy, not like actively, not like tightening <laughs> down or anything like that. You'll watch Anakin burning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, and at the end of it, at the end of it, when when Darth Vader's there, and spoiler alert. When Darth Vader kill, kills the Emperor, <laughs> sorry, uh, and and he's dying on the platform there in, in Luke's arms, I realized that my son 
he wasn't deeply affected by it, but he had not. It was outside his understanding. It was outside his context. It was it was in this thing of, okay, so you know, he saved him, right? So he's going to be fine. It's like um, <laughs> he wasn't no, emotionally. He, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he didn't get it. it he didn't connect with it. Is it really kind of? Hang at on, that has, point has that he already seen Bambi or or and uh, like oh, something no, else? I never let death. my kids see Bambi. Okay, what about Lion? Terrific. Yeah, he's seen The Lion King, and that was actually another one, because the same thing, that really bothered him. And this was when he was, you know, maybe four, because we just weren't thinking, oh, The Lion King, it's Disney, it'll be fine. It's oh, Disney. his you father did. has been trampled <laughs> to death. Don't worry about it. So, like, And again, it's James Earl Jones. What the hell? I hate freaking Disney. I hate them with a burning passion. Those, I mean, Lion King is so good. That's one of my favorite animated oh, Yeah, if you're 15. Yeah, exactly. But, but... When you're what? Are you saying when you're a very small child, or when an adult, it's now? No, when you're five. All right. I mean, it's especially poisonous when you have girls because so many of the Disney movies are targeted at girls. All of these princess movies, et cetera, and so on. Yeah, okay, those make me physically sick to myself. Parents dying, orphans. I mean, it's just it's just this parade. It's like it's like the atrocity exhibition. <laughs> like painted in cells, it's just the worst. Uh, and parents, I, 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 those I, I, that affects you, does it, Rabbit? It affects. Are you afraid well, you yeah, might get affects, killed off? It affects me, but it's 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 the idea that somehow this is good for my five-year-old daughter at the time. To, I'm assuming watch. Harry Potter's off the menu as well, then. Well, not for my ten-year-old, you know. Well, no. Uh, my ten-year-old, I couldn't stop her from reading that. She's read that series through like a dozen times at this point. She yeah. lives it. Series of unfortunate um, events, more par- par- you know parents dying. Yeah, no. Well, what did, she hasn't actually seen that yet. But but I do think that that is an issue. I mean, it, where you draw that line, I think really is, and this is sort of a cop out. It is totally child dependent, right? It depends on how sensitive your kid is and how much they're actually processing it, and whether they're sort of emotionally able to to understand what's happening and and disassociate it from reality but, effectively. Hmm. But it's a, it's, are, it's a really good plot-based way of changing a child character's viewpoint on the world, emotionally affecting them, and, and also sending them off on another ad- adventure of some kind. So I, I think I understand children, why they do it so often. If there's any emotion that children just get naturally, it's a sense of abandonment. Mm. And I, I'm kind of being deep now. I'm, watch out. Um, but but that just that connects with them basically. If you say to you know, and, and and it seems like all the kind of stories go. You can go back to uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and, and it's kind of this sense of abandonment and reseeking, uh, you know, this this connection with family. And and I think that's because kids get that and they yes. really identify with it. And a lot of times, particularly early on, they have a deep deep fear of it. So these these. You know, I, I really make an effort to avoid either in a game form or movie form or book form that sort of thing because I've I clearly identified for my oldest son this is a fear. This is a primal fear of his, and, yes. it, it, and if he connects to that, it's going to bother him for a while. Hmm. Well, You're let me so also- articulate. You should write for a living or something. <laughs> oh. oh, thanks, baby. No. Let me ask a, um, a potentially loaded question. What do you do? You believe in the people saying that games can affect your children at a young age? I mean, this is it's a conversation we've had many times on this show. Is you know, does this actually fall true? I mean, there's so many people out there that are you know 
fear mongering that if your kid plays, I mean, I don't want to just say if your kid plays Grand Theft Auto, but it, you know, if if that was to happen, what do you think the reaction to that would actually be? Would they just see it as old oh, game mechanics, or the fact that they're seeing someone being shot with a gun? You know, is that potentially something they're going to pick up and go, "Well, look, Daddy, I can do it in real life." Surely, it depends on the kid, Tony. Sorry, man. I think I absolutely agree with that. I think there are definitely people who are I, – I, I do believe that we are affected by all of our experiences, where some of our experiences and a few basic uh, traits that we kind of aim towards, but, but we can be moved around a little bit. Not in that big epic scale, though, where if you show a kid who's just not – you know, who, who has a strong sense of separation between what's on the TV and what's happening in, you know, real life. I don't think the most violent video game in the world is going to be anything more than just kind of disgusting and, uh, you know, maybe slightly disturbing. I do think there are people who can be affected by media. I think it happens all the time, but I, I think it's totally independently, you know, it's, it's by person. And, and you really, well, I mean, that, that's one of the jobs of being a parent. The most important yeah. job of being a parent is understanding who your kid is and, and being able to identify the things that will be productive and helpful and being able to pull back the things that won't be until they can make those decisions on their own. Exactly. And, and I think that, I, I mean, I, I'll go a little further. I think absolutely I can see, you know, if, if I let my son just do nothing but play Lego Star Wars for three hours a day for a week, I can guarantee you the first thing he's going to do when it comes time to run outside and play is go pick up a stick and pretend he's hitting people with a lightsaber. I mean, this is, this is not rocket science, right? Kids mm. echo their environments. I think particularly really young kids. Um, and so yeah, if, if for some reason I found out that my son at age five and a half or six was at some <laughs> friend's house and they were playing Grand Theft Auto, I would be appalled. Absolutely. I would be appalled. I don't think that means you ban Grand Theft Auto. I think that means you you ban crappy parenting. Well, right? yeah, that's here, really here for that. Um, and you know, any more than I would be appalled if I walked in and I saw that my six year old was watching pornography on the television in somebody else's house. Uh, you know, so I, I I find those discussions so frustrating because as a gamer and a parent, I have no problem drawing a line in the sand and saying there are things that are good parenting and there are things that are good games. And they haven't necessarily have anything to do with each other, right? I really love ice cream, too, but I'm not letting my kid eat that every day. Okay, hang on. I've got a quick test for you guys. Um, this may not end up in the final show. Uh, right. You walk in and your kid is at a, a friend's house and you go to pick him up and he's in the kid's bedroom and he's either A, smoking, B, watching porn, C, playing Grand Theft Auto, D, did I say drinking beer? Not yet. Yeah. Drinking beer. Okay. Which one's worse? So, so yeah. <laughs> what if he's doing them all? Because that, you know, know. that's that's basically my college experience right there. <laughs> which uh, is the one that you'd probably be a bit kind of uh, not not so bad about? And which would you be like, right, Anthony, with me now? Or what? I'm man? clearly clearly the least offensive out of that is, is playing Grand Theft Auto. Really? Because really, Are really over drinking. Okay, okay. No, hang on. Let's let's go back. Smoking six. I mean, this is one badass kid, by the way. Smoking, (laughs) pornography, Grand Theft Auto, or getting drunk. I'm sure there's got to be an instance of a six-year-old being exposed to all of the, you know, at least one six-year-old in the world being exposed to one of these things. If my understanding of the question is, which of those is the least offensive to me, it's playing Grand Theft Auto. I mean, the the drinking or smoking are both very active, body-damaging things, and, and pornography, you know, it's not that I, you know, I'm offended by pornography itself, but so 
Because I'm not, ladies. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, hey, hey, I would put you're down with the ladies if you like and, porn, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, second. I, I put GTA ahead of pornography on that scale. Uh-huh. As in, Do it's you, worse. Why? Yeah. It, it's closer. I mean, it's it's between those two, obviously. But I think that, that Grand Theft Auto is so detached from reality. It's not in, in some what's happening on the screen is not happening to a real person. It is clearly a artificial environment, and and I at least trust that my kid understands the difference between artificial environments. What's happening on the screen in pornography is staged, it's acted, it's set up ahead of time, but it is real people interacting, doing something. But it's something. also an entirely passive experience. I'm going to throw into the mix, by the way, uh, it's hardcore porn, and uh, the cigarette is marijuana. <laughs> I, I think I think it's no need for that. I think what the hell are you doing to my kid? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, you are never allowed at my house. Let me just put that out there right now. He's playing but Russian roulette while watching The Deer Hunter, and they're all naked, <laughs> and they're covered in cocaine. Go. Just, I'm just, just trying to, to gauge what is the absolute nightmare for a, a parent of, 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 you know... Of, of some... You, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Found that your uh, your children have come attached to. Is it a certain console? Is it more uh, you know a handheld machine? He's a he's a kind of across the board. Uh, you know what uh, what surprised me is how he did not entirely attach to the Wii. It has just kind of become part of the rotation. He you know I, I kind of expected that because we actually bought mostly the Wii for him. Uh, not specifically and certainly with limitations. You but. liar. <laughs> <laughs> what are you do talking that? about? It's the best excuse. I I am slandered, sir. Um, that's the one by voice. Uh, so no, I, but but he hasn't really attached to it like he like I would have expected. He 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 still kind of loves to just play in the uh, the wealth of Xbox Live Arcade games I've got. And, and I try and make sure that most of the ones that are in there, uh, like he'll play Braid. He doesn't understand it. He can't do anything in it, but he just loves looking at it and kind of running around and jumping and reversing time over and over again and not accomplishing anything. And that's that's one of the best things about watching him play is that it's pure play. It's not. It's, it's rarely focused and directional and, and object, you know, objective based. It's it's simply experiencing the game mechanic itself. Using yeah. the game itself like a sandbox with various bits in it, even though it's not a sandbox game. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's what you're playing with the game. Okay. My, my son gets frustrated when the goal is so present and so much a barrier to participating in the game hmm. that he can't get past it. So, I mean, that's part of why he loves things like Mario Kart, because you can just sort of drive around and lose like crazy. He actually has now gotten to the point where he can beat me on Mario Kart DS Every single time we play, doesn't matter what track, doesn't matter what cars, whatever. But for a long time, it was, I mean, he couldn't drive in a straight line, period, to save his life. Right. 
Um, but he loved the fact that he could still just sort of drive around and the game didn't punish him for the fact that he couldn't move around and steer mm. in the right directions and whatever. Um, playing something like the, like a, a Mario game, like Super Mario Brothers, I was trying to get him to play. Um, you know, until he got the sense of the actual jumping mechanic down, he found it incredibly frustrating because that's one of those games that if you kind of don't get it, you don't get past the first quarter of the first level if you don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, Little Big Planet, has that been at all popular with any of your kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We big phase on that in our house. Uh-huh. It, it totally died away. Sort of, once we finished with the Metal Gear Solid content, we did everything with the paintball gun we could. We kind of haven't gone back to it. I thought and- one of the frustrations that I really had pretty often uh, with Little Big Planet was that it turns out to be a pretty difficult game. And yes, it, 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 I hate the system. fact it has lives. Oh. It it ran me off. It entirely <laughs> ran me off, and I thoroughly expected that the same thing would happen to my son. And my son seemed like, oh, thank God, you're gone now. I can just go back and play. So he'll go back to like the first two levels. Uh, and he'll do like the create a level stuff. He's not actually creating a level. He's just making things appear and, and playing with them in, in this, you know, sandbox very fun sandbox. environment. Yeah, again, right back to that sandbox idea. Yeah. Um, so, so he's enjoyed it more now that I'm not playing with him anymore. Because did you guys get into playing, making levels at all? No, I'm, I'm terrible at that sort of thing. So, like, I couldn't put a level together with, you know, it, it, tools that you use on a computer, much less that ridiculous little six-access thing. I can't do it. I really honestly hope that by the time Little Big Planet 2 comes out, and there will be some sort of follow-up, I'm, I'm absolutely certain, uh, obviously. that uh, they will have brought out in a new Infinite Lives toggle for kid mode, or just some sort of mode. Yeah, you can just go, well, you know what, I'm just playing this game for fun, so I do not want to have just four lives at a time. Right. That's just not this level totally, yeah. And, and also that means... I wonder how much kids actually want that though, because um, you remember um, the Game Adult guys? They were talking about how, uh, well, they did that little recorded section segment where they got their daughters and mm. um, just played it with them mucking around, and they they just want to sit there in the level creator and just stick stickers everywhere. It wasn't about getting to see the end of that that game. It was just about to be within that environment, move the little guys around, and pull each other around the screen for yeah. twenty minutes at a time. It was never yeah, about. Yeah, my, my daughter had no interest in playing levels, but she went crazy designing levels. Which he got really into it. That appears to be across the board, then. Yeah, I actually interviewed my son once. We've never actually played it. We have it sitting in the can. We'll trot it out someday, probably. But I asked him specifically about Little Big Planet because he was in this this big thing about it. And he he claimed he was certified at Little Big Planet because he played it differently than I did. He's like, no, I got, now I'm certified. I was like, so you're better than me at it. Oh, oh yeah, you're not certified. I don't know where certified came from. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. But, he, but the moment he kicked me out, the game completely adapted, completely changed, went into that just free-form mode that, that – that suits him so much better. Right, okay, so games to avoid. Aside from Grand Theft Auto, obviously. <laughs> Maybe some of, some of the slightly less obvious ones. What games have proved remarkably unpopular? Movie tie-in games. Wally, I remember, was terrible. Yeah, totally. oh, so, like, so all of those games that sell bucket loads? Oh, just the worst Most choice. The well, I mean, I haven't played well, them all. Except for Star Wars Lego, Batman Lego... But in right. both of those cases, they've had time to really, you know, get the license working, and it's not necessarily right. tied into a specific movie, unless it's in the case of Star Wars, a movie that's been around for donkey's years. Or Indi- Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, what yeah, I found things- is, go ahead. That most of the games that I, I pick up 
aren't really a miss. I, I, I rarely get a miss from him, except in, the, in those few instances like the Wally game. And even then, he still had a lot of fun with it because he, mm. he still has this great, I, I don't want to call it naivety, uh, about video games. Like, but he has this, this intense innocence that is kind of incorruptible. Mm. So if you put the biggest piece of crap in front of him and you say have fun with it, I guarantee you he's going to find some way to just kind of have fun with it. And that's, that's a really, you know, a great thing to see because at this point I'm so cynical. I can't, you know, I, mm. he can be punching me in the face with fun. I'm like, oh, I can take it. Never mind. You know, it's, so it's, it's, there, there's not a lot of misses, at least on my end. Mm. So it's, it's always baffling and annoying to me that Pixar create the best movies out there. The, yeah, just the most consistently fantastic movies. Uh, with, you know, such attention to detail and such love and care in every frame. And the games are always god-awful, and they have no attention to detail or care. They look like crap. They control like crap. It's, you know, yeah. without exception. Uh, I mean, I think... Cars. No, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. Cars was kind of good. But that was the first one that wasn't just a friggin' yeah. platformer. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, exactly. How do you turn Ratatouille into a platformer? It doesn't work. Well, make it into a fucking <laughs> mama game, for God's sake. <laughs> No, it Cars made was fantastic it because it was incredible. literally you just drive a big round, round a big open world. They've got the, the host of characters from the films there and you just collect stuff and then you take a part and, you know, the odd race. It doesn't really matter if you win or lose. And just sort of, it, to me, I actually found it a really fun and kind of free experience because I've been so used to like structured gaming, you know, we must get to the final level mm. and see everything where this was just like mess around in the world for a while, you know, and then say hi to the characters that you like from the film. I actually found that quite uh, an enjoyable experience, even if it wasn't aimed at me. Hmm. I, I do have to say right now that, that one miss for me has become a real hit for, for my son, who's been playing uh, recently. The two games that kind of seem to take up his time when I let him on the computer are either Spore or The Sims 3. Huh. And, and I... I guess Spore was a total miss for me, and he just he'll just play that first level, that first kind of uh, zone area over and over again. Love Hang it. on, your six year old plays The Sims three. Yes. How come I can't play The Sims? <laughs> <laughs> well, that tells you everything you need to know. You have He's a not particularly good at it. I mean, I'm always coming in and either a robber has stolen all of his stuff or <laughs> like, it, the dad has lost it. It's really, it's it's a slum that he's living in. Dad is home, you know, basically. Flies buzzing around everything. Mom is walking around mad, setting the oven on fire. The kid just <laughs> plays video games all day. He's created. It's like this, the, the picture that when the, the guidance counselor sees it, they're going to call child services or something. They're like, your, your son's sim home life gives us concern. You know, and you're, that kind of, so and you're getting this, a horrible premonition of his future, and you're like, so yeah, get your life together, for God's sake. Things. I wonder whether Sims then is the thing that you, you know, because everyone has that point where they decide that their kid's okay to stay at home and they, they, they can go out for the day. It's normally like they're, you know, 13, 14, 15. Are you going to use the Sims and just say, how do you work in this for like a, a, a two or three days? Let's just see whether you kill the place. No, you're doing fine. There we go, son, there's the keys to the door. And here's yeah, the, exactly. Uh, if, he, if he rides his bike to school in the Sims, then it's like, okay, you can walk well, to the yeah, bus. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing as oh, the nice. <laughs> I hear that. Right, okay, so Christmases and birthdays. What, what do you do? Because obviously you're getting video games and consoles and stuff all the time. Back in the day, when, you know, back in the day, I was that N64 kid. Okay, so I was 16 and not 12 like that kid, but, you know, I was so excited about Christmas because that would be when I'd get the game, 
you know? Mm-hmm. So with your kids, with a steady flow of games coming into the house, what do you do? Well, first of all, not all the games I get are going to be appropriate for them. So, like, I, I try and save some special ones. Like, for example, Lego Rock Band or Lego Indiana Jones 2, both of which are coming out this, this Christmas. Mm-hmm. They're not touching this house until Christmas. It, mm-hmm. It's like, okay. it's, it's locked off because I know that's going to be it. But my son just had a birthday and did not get a single video game, which is ideal to me. He got a new bike, mm-hmm. uh, which is too cold to ride, but you know, he's there in the spring. Uh, he got a new bike. He got a bunch of Legos that, you know, to actually put together. He got, a, you know, kind of some action figures. Uh, not a single video game in the bunch. And he seemed really happy about it. Like, it wasn't a problem. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, we. I, I, I'm trying to think. My daughter wanted to get Nintendogs. I remember that being something she actually actively wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, my son wanted to get his own DS because his sister had a DS. Um, but really what happened was I got a DSi and I handed him down mine, which is kind of cheap. Um, <laughs> Hang on, did you give him your DS Lite or your D- the original chunky? Fan? No, 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 DS Lite. That's all right. Lite. Um, <laughs> yeah, here you go, son. Play this piece of crap. You know. But oddly, the thing that they love doing most on the DSi is the flipbook application, where they're doing their own little animated things, awesome. and so they end up keeping that, and I end up playing my old one again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, ultimately, unless you, you know, he had, was ever a special soft spot for Mario Clock, there's not much else to do on the DSi. <laughs> well, other than just play DS games. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but your son gets to play. You know, you get to play all those awesome GBA games, which you otherwise. <laughs> your son was. I've actually got yeah, a, uh, a an original GBA SP. I've, I'm keeping to one side because it'll get me zero on eBay. But I'm just going to give that to Lyra as her first uh, handheld, which is dexterous enough to be able to understand. Yeah, I'm never throwing away gaming hardware again. Oh yeah, that's no. the lesson I've learned. You should teach that into your children. Don't throw away yes. gaming hardware because one day you'll be buying it all again for over. I did. Price. I just ended up buying back all my old Atari yep. stuff. Mm. But I think um, Sean actually hit the, the nail on the head there, really, because basically what you're saying is that gaming, although a massive hobby for you, also has to be within, you know, portioned out for your children because, you know, they should have other hobbies. They should go outside and ride a bike. They should go, well, in our case, play football or, you know, in your case, you know, throw a baseball. You know, they, it, gaming should just be one small part of their lives, and I think that's where all the horror stories that we hear within the papers is where parents have basically just used gaming as the baby's ticket yeah. tool. It's damn, t- whether it's TV, gaming, whatever, it's just sit there, play that, and, you know, we wonder why eventually they, they have some tendency towards certain violence. You know, it's just, it's sad. Mm. As, yeah, I'm, think- as I'm recording this right now, my son is across the street with his friend playing on a uh, little pr- playground out in their front yard. So... Yeah, I mean that's how it's supposed to be. When he right. gets home, yeah, he may he may play a little Lego uh, Lego Indiana Jones. He may not. It's 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 tough to say. It, it really we we've kind of taken a earned uh, concept to this. The, the 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 most important difference that I discovered about a year ago was installing the sense that video games and this kind of fun is a privilege that you earn for having done other things and. Mm. That works. Wow, so that's cool. very that's a very uh, <laughs> harsh household. Good dad. Despite everything else I've said on this show, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds like you have a Norman Rockwell pay, uh, scene outside your house as well. Uh, the sun <laughs> just setting, and they're playing stickball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Playing Grand Theft Auto at the moment. Awesome. It's outside though, so it's fine. And soon the porn will start. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, and I'm also really sorry to have dragged your you into that mental situation for that earlier. That was grim, but uh, <laughs> it had to be tackled in some way because th- there is a, a a weird kind of uh, double standard when it comes to what is bad for your kids and what is terrible for your kids from a lot of parents out there. Okay, right. Um, I think that'll do for gaming with kids. I think we've learned a lot today, Tony. Don't you? I'm not ready. <laughs> sure you are. The fact you're even asking the questions means you're ready. Okay. That's uh, bullshit. You're not ready, Tony. Get out, man. Don't do it. Everybody like that say that it's, it's like, oh, you should have kids. You should have kids, and then then I have kids, and they turn around and go, yeah, don't have kids. Just the hell with that. You should go to a movie and go out to eat every night because that money is a gone, and so is the time. Seriously, you shouldn't even be here right now. Or just get The Sims Three. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect babysitter. Right. Okay. Okay. We will be back with these guys for the very, very end of the show after the review section. So let's do Game Club, or the slightly staggered Game Club we got this week. Usually we would like to be able to just both review one game we've both been playing. And we have both been playing one game, but not to completion, uh, like we have in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and so we've got FIFA 10 for you, which Tony's played. Uh, we've got Need for Speed Shift, which we've both played. And Dead Space, which Tony has thankfully... Sorry, Dead Space Extraction, mm-hmm. which Tony has thankfully played to completion. So which order do you want to do these? You're the red on the list, I think. Okay. So, FIFA. Do you want me to ask you questions, or do you just <laughs> want to go for it? Now, it's it's very hard to do a, a full review of FIFA 10. Um, I've actually not played it quite as much as I would like. I've had some weird stuff going on in my life this week, so I haven't really sunk too much time into it. Um, but what I can tell you is um, I gave glowing reviews to FIFA 09. I gave glowing reviews to the European Championship edition and if people remember before that I hated FIFA and Pez all the way baby but um, 9 really changed that Um, and all you really need to know I guess is that FIFA 10 just continues that tradition of making it a better football game Um, and the cynic in you Alex would say well what's the difference between 09 and 010 once again it was just another sports game not cynic the person who's interested in why this one's good why this one is good Um, quite frankly you can narrow it down to a couple of things Um, it's mostly down to that they have this this new what I previously thought would be a gimmick this 360 degree movement so basically you have complete and utter analogue control of your player rather than it used to be very very much like the 8 directional so it was like you know up down left right you know, and either side of the corner so you'd come up to a player and you'd have to pick which which of those eight routes you would take where in this one you've got full control of the analog stick so you can be running up to the, the player and kind of move a bit to the left and then shimmy to the right uh, and basically just dribble around the player and it's it sounds so simple and i don't know why they haven't put this into practice before but it absolutely changes the way the game plays um and if you go now go back and actually play fifa 09 and even some of the pez games you suddenly realize oh my god this this these games these controls are really stilted i hadn't really noticed before so that's the first big thing um 
it looks fantastic. I mean, it's got all the fun, wonderful things that they've been doing over the years. You know, the ten on ten players and you know all the league stuff and all the clubs. Clubs look fantastic and stadiums. Um, and I don't know what else. It, it just, I tell you what, it just feels like a natural game of football. And I don't really know how to put that in words. You look at the screen, and it looks. If you, if somebody was standing behind you and they didn't know any better, they would they would actually think that they were watching a football game. Because it's the way the ball physics works, it's the way that the players move on the on the, the field, the animations of the players, the way that the referee uh, interacts as well. Um, crossing of in balls now, the ball floats up in the air rather than just like, you know, you tap the, the cross button and it just, you know, drives straight in. You can kind of loft balls now. Uh, goalkeepers react fantastically different. And it just, all the animations, all the, the ball physics, this new 360 ball control, it just makes what I class as the best football game I've ever played. And that's that's big words, but there is plenty of people out there that um, even our, our good friend Ryan uh, of Crackdown 2 stream. Yes, yeah. Ruffian uh, Games. Ruffian Games. Um, he was a diehard Pez fan. And he, nothing but stick on the forum. That, you know, no wake of 10 changes his <laughs> mind. And the did he play 9? Uh, he did play 9, and that, that really changed his mind. Um, 10, he's now in love. He's he's left Pez. This is a die-hard Pez fan. It's left Pez now because he's just like no ten. Ten is amazing. What was uh, the most? Uh, has has a, a new Pez come out since last year's? No, the new Pez comes out in two weeks' time. And so, is it reportedly good, better than last year's? Well, if you go by the demo, then it yeah, it's incrementally better, but it doesn't seem to have this this huge leap that FIFA is doing. And uh, I may I may come back and, and touch this in a few weeks' time once I've actually spent you know the fifty or sixty hours I'm inevitably going to put into this. But um. Uh, so far, I'm very, very happy with my purchase and the fact that they were selling it for £25. A lot of the supermarkets on the day of release is ridiculous because it's worth every penny of the £40 that it's a recommended retail prices. So if you're holding on, on the fence and deciding whether you should buy this over, you know, if you've got nine and whether you should buy ten, uh, I fully recommend it and say yes, buy ten and then come online, give me a game and uh, let's see if I can kick your ass. Unlikely, but let's see. So is that it for FIFA, and what, what's your current score for it, which may fluctuate? Well, I personally think it is the best football game I've played, so uh, it, it's an automatic. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that would be a four, even the best football game I've ever played. Uh, well, if, yeah, you don't under- we've had this discussion, what, two weeks ago, about you not necessarily understanding the genre of sports games, but you know, at its very best... A game like this is so competitive, both single player but multiplayer. Mm. It's you know, and it's and it's. I'd say it's timeless, but I'll probably be buying eleven next year. So you know, it's it's timeless in the fact that I'll be playing it all year. And there's not too many games aside from World of Warcraft and the odd, uh, you know, rock band and and you know, not too many games out there that you'll be playing month in month out. So uh, I absolutely love it. And I think it is a major improvement, and it's not just hype that EA are fantastic in doing. I think they've really delivered this time. Well, okay. Let's give it a five then. Um, right, so Need for Speed Shift I can actually take a bit more part in. Another EA game? Yep, it is indeed another EA game. And the Need for Speed series has had a bit of a murky past. It's, it's, what was the, the previous format of the game was that it was a bit more sort of plot based and there was like some dude named Razor Callahan or something. And like, you start as, what was, how's it go? Well, no, this is the problem. The, the format of the game has, has shifts every like couple of years. You know, they're in story-driven. They're they are, they're more chase-driven. There, but you know, the last few have been very much story-driven. So, so what holds them together? It's not the engine, is it? 
Or is it just uh, well, refining the same engine? Yeah, essentially it's the arcade racing. Um, me personally, I've never been a fan of them. They, they have really odd control systems, like the back end doesn't really... It's, it's like you're just driving a, a lump of wood around the track. Uh, that's what I've always found anyway. So I've never been a fan of them. I've played every demo and I've even tried a couple of full games and every single one has turned me off completely. But it doesn't stop them selling like five or six million copies up until recently. And this is the reason for the change. Right. So what they've done is they've basically decided to turn Need for Speed into a contender for the Forza and the Gran Turismo crown um, and in making it sort of a realistic racing game on tracks rather than on streets. So, I mean, that works <laughs> for them and against them because it means they're pissing with the big boys now. And at the same time, uh, they have to work really, really hard to actually compete with the, you know, these other almost perfect driving games. See, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm somewhat in contention now. I, I don't think it is. I mean... In the bare basics, if you look at it, it is a now a track racer rather than being a street racer or being you know around the, the you know cliff tops hills and stuff like that. Yeah. It is just you know round tracks. I mean that's something Need for Speed I don't ever remember being like. So you know in in that respect, yes, it does then become into the territory. But I don't think they ever really go for the hardcore simulation that uh, Gran Turismo mm. and Forza have um, been doing for you know many years now. I I think they they would like to think that they could be in both those categories um, and. I think if you, you come to Need for Speed Shift as an arcade racer but also a simulation game, that's about the right balance. I don't think it does, and I don't think they expect it to cross quite over into the simulation yet. I'm not saying it's not something they want to do in the future, but I don't think their engine is, is quite capable enough to, to produce that. But, yeah, continue your fault. Um, it felt more like Grid than the other two that I, I just mentioned, uh, in that Grid just felt a lot more physical and a lot more... There was a... A great deal of weight to the car, but it's a bit more forgiving. I mean, Forza, I've never really been able to play. And Gran Turismo, since the original PlayStation version, has just been really <laughs> boring for me because it's... I say this every time. It's like perfectly level flying is a supreme challenge of the scale model aeroplane flyer. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all just about achieving perfection. Now, the balance that uh, Need for Speed Shift throws out is that you can drive in one of two ways. One for precision and one for aggression. Uh, and what this essentially entails is that if you drive aggressively, it means bashing other cars out of the way, making them spin, undercutting them, uh, drifting and, uh, sorry, not, not drifting, um, what would be the word? Yeah, tail, drafting. Tail, drafting, that's the one, not, not drifting, uh, tailgating them basically and, and just fighting dirty. And, um, precision is obviously fighting perfectly level and just sort of trying to stay out of everyone's way, not trading paint, blah, 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 blah. And the problem is, and I think this was elicited by, um, Giant bomb or maybe edge. Well, the, yeah, everyone really. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Okay. Say you fight your way to the front and it takes you half the race and you, you basically batter your way into the front and then you start to get a proper lead. You, you've gotten points the whole way along for basically, you know, driving like a bastard and knocking people out of the way. You know, now no longer have anyone to knock out of the way and you start accruing points in precision. So, you know, essentially you have to kind of embrace both of them. You can't just go in one way, but it also means if you maybe just drove with precision to begin with, you'd be much stronger in that suit. You can't ever really, by the looks of it, get fantastic. Yep add aggression, and also drive well. I mean, you can if you're clumsy as hell and you plan on being in second for most of the race. But I've, I've got two opinions about this, actually. Um, I, I think where a lot of the problems come is by, by either driving aggressively or precise 
there's no actual real reward at the end. I mean, there, there's different badges. I mean, it unlocks if you, you do, you basically have like a, um, I think they call them platinum badges, and there's so many badges, like 60 badges. Does it collect. unlock events as well? No, it doesn't. It, it basically just, it, I mean, there's, there's routes to the achievements that you unlock for you know, doing certain things within those classes. Um, but it, it doesn't actually give you anything. So even though you're getting all this feedback from the game, <laughs> it's, it's for no real reason other than, for yeah, or, or other than going online and you know saying yes he's an aggressive driver and he's a precision driver now the bigger problem about this though is that everybody you meet online is a precision driver and mm. for this because once you've battled your way through you know through the, the pack and you know draft them and doing whatever you want to do you get out in the front and now you can do that in pretty much what a lap now normally you've got two laps remaining so you, you then just spend the next two laps going around the corners perfectly not coming off the track and just basically winning the race so all the time of two laps you're you're picking up position points yeah. so as soon as you get the cars that you can get out of the pack the entire game just becomes you know a, a, an event of getting position even if you wanted to be an aggressive driver you can't because you just you want also to win the race now i imagine this probably would come into play if you put it on the ultra hard difficulty level and where the pack never really allows you to get out there in which case you'd probably be just stuck as a uh, an aggressive driver the entire time yeah. but like i said to me, it doesn't really matter because the system doesn't count for anything other than just feedback to the player of how you're you maintaining on the track. Okay. But, um, Plus points. Yeah, I think the, the bigger point here to mention, and, and you mentioned grid, and, and this actually ties into that quite well. The outside view of this hasn't overly been worked on. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the cars look realistic, blah, 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 is exactly what you would expect. But it just looks really detracted away from the track. So it looks like you're floating. In Grid's point of view, it looks like you're on a, a you know, stick in the middle and you, you know, you'd be turning on this stick. Um, and that suffers less of that need for speed shift, but it, it feels really distracted away from the track. So it's almost like you're floating along the top of it. Now, these games have to be played, I, in my opinion, have to be played in cockpit view. And um, some people like that, some people hate that and really when it came down to grid that that game was an absolute fantastic game if you played it in cockpit view it really felt like you were attached to the track and, and really uh, and we bring on this word again the visceral um there's tons of feedback from what was going on within the track now need for speed shift takes that up to another level um there's constant feedback i mean there's there's motion blur there's when you're braking really hard your your weight shifting forward um when you get in crash you you, you know your screen can go white and uh, the sound effects make it sound like you, you know you've just had a massive smash are you going around the toilet um going around the corners at really high speed it sounds like your tires are absolutely ripping to shreds the splintering of the glass specifically impressed me i i, I very rarely go in cockpit we got shown around this by um I think was it uh, the, the the head of PR at PAX yeah. uh, for this particular game? A really nice guy and very very helpful with us and very honest about it and very honest about the shortcomings of the, of the previous uh, se- um, series of uh, Need for Speed iterations. Yeah. Iterations. And I never go in cockpit. Frankly, I never race at all in games. I I, I, I just can't really get to it. I can And this is the problem for me. Um, that has basically abided my entire gaming career. I am quite good at races, and that's about it. It's the same as I'm quite good at fighters. You know, if I, if I um, actually ramp up the difficulty on a fighter, it just becomes ridiculously uh, frustrating for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, no matter what kind of fight, because I'll get to that the last boss and they'll be cheap as hell, and I'll never be able to beat it. Um, and similarly with racing, I'll, I'll, I'll get quite good in the first tier or so, and I'll think, oh, I'm getting into my stride here, and then suddenly I'll be doing some sort of race that I'm really not good at, like a drag race or something like that. 
or a, a drift race oh, or drift or, or, racing in this is terrible by the way it's horrible I'll be yeah. I'll be handed a car I'm not very good at and then suddenly I'll be out of my depth and I'll lose my stride and that did happen in this I've got to level 7 out of 50 right now it's just a good way of gauging where you are in the game and um I don't know the the thing that struck me the most about it, the most impressive, is the audio feedback and the, and, and and the graphics and the fact that I just presentation. Yeah, the presentation is stunning. fantastic, and and it's been a very accessible uh, racing game for me. Also, the racing line tells you pretty much when to slow down, when to brake, you know, where you're turning, and it, it almost drives for you. I think um, Quantum was telling me that you yeah, can have you will auto- on easy though. Yeah, but you can yeah. have it on auto braking, and it'll pretty much brake for you. So all you essentially have to do is decide when to turn corners. And I just thought. Could they maybe have auto turning and then you just kick back and have a beer? <laughs> Way to play a game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll, sometimes it does feel a little bit like the game is driving itself because of the racing line. Take that away. Obviously, you're going to have a little more skill involved. I don't know. It's 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 gotten it's won me over because I'm going to be you know more into arcade races. I don't think I'm going to like Forza Three at all. Same as I didn't like Forza Two and Forza One and Gran Turismo Five, Four, and Three and Two. <laughs> but um, I don't know. That's just that's not my kind of game. I'm going to give them a try, but you know, just that's, well, that's all I can do. I I, you know, I, I want to applaud EA for actually trying something different with yeah. one of their big their big franchises. And I don't know whether this one will, will stick. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that come to it like, well, man, I, I wasn't expecting this from a Need for Speed game. I'll you know, mm. do what I've been doing and have you know terrible storylines within the game. It's impressive that EA um, wants to change and evolve and move forwards on their series. Yeah, but I mean, this isn't. I mean, this is just one of uh, four Need for Speed games that they have in production at the moment, and they're going to try completely different things. I mean, even Criterion are making a Need for Speed game, so it's just one of a very, you know, varied lineup they have over the next couple of years with this franchise. But yeah, you know, I appreciate it. I, I think if you come into this game expecting it to be a simulation, you'll be a disappointment. Um, I think if you come here expecting it to be an arcade racer, you'll be disappointment. I think if you're looking for a game to cross between those two barriers and actually, you know, maybe get your foot into the door of being, you know, a, a simulation racer. I think that's where this one actually sits quite comfortably. I, it, it's got its shortcomings. Um, the the engine itself, although it's fantastic, and the lower range cars, once you get to, like, the, the top end tiers where you're driving the really spectacular cars, the engine goes all over the place. Suddenly, you know, your cars become, like, some cars become feather light, some become, you know, really heavy and it it makes no real sense to whatever car you've picked so you, you end up situations where you're literally going underneath other cars if you hit them hard and just stuff like that just doesn't feel like real life and it, it almost becomes impossible at, at times unless you do some real odd modifications to the actual control system in the options itself to actually make some of these cars stick on the ground so i think they've they've shot for the sky and come somewhat short but the fact that is i'm playing a need for speed game and I wasn't expecting to do that this year, of all the different things. Um, but with Forza now, what, two weeks away? Mm. It's It would be hard for me necessarily to recommend this now, unless, like I say, you fall into that specific character of wanting to bridge the gap between Burnout and Forza. But uh, if you're looking for a simulation racer, I would say at this point, if you're listening to this now and you haven't picked it up, I'd probably just wait a couple of weeks and see really what Forza has up on its sleeve. And then Gran Turismo... I believe what is January next year. So, you know, the big boys are now out, and what I, th- I thought this would compete, but I don't think it does. Right. So. Yes. Right. So I don't, I don't know if I can actually give that a score because I don't think I've played it enough to really quantify it. 
at the moment, on my terms, looking at the game, I give it a three. If I carried on playing, I think I'd probably get a bit more frustrated with it and drop it. But ultimately, that's just <laughs> down to the fact that I can't yeah. be particularly good at, at, at racing games. I think it's almost impossible for a racing game to get a five from me. It's almost impossible. Even it's like a sports game, then. Yeah, I mean, the, the last game, uh, possibly my favourite racing game of all time, I think it's probably Burnout Revenge on 360. Um, and, and even that's a four for me. <laughs> it's it's just so hard by the end. You're just doing these ridiculous, ridiculous burning laps. And it's like, you know, I, I can't be that tense while playing. I just like, you know, eyes pinned open, clockwork orange style. Don't flick. So anyway, speaking of horrendous torture. Right. I'm now going to try to sell you a wee owl. Okay. So, try to sell me the Wii, Tony. Yes, uh, a, a once an unusual uh, appearance of a Wii <laughs> game on the Digital Cowboys. Um, yeah, it, see, it can happen. Oh, I not found our stance on the Wii, by the way. Everyone, you know, always wonders whether we're dissing the Wii or not. Okay, right. Here, here it is. Everybody, Wii owners, us, everybody, maybe not Microsoft or Sony, wishes there were better and more games on the Wii. That's all. We're just in that crowd. Even you know, all, no, there's not one Wii owner who could tell you with a hand on the heart, oh, I don't wish there were more and better games on the Wii, because that's just a, a well, barefaced lie. Everyone wants a few more and a few better games, and I just wish that there were more that would actually entice me to get one. I'm actually <laughs> dancing around the idea of it for Christmas, but that's all. Okay. Right, so Dead Space Extraction. Um, yeah. I actually, as we spoke about earlier, I actually had a little bit of contact with this game um, when we were at PAX. I went to a Dead Space. Dead Space Extraction um, community party, mm. uh, where basically it was a very loud event, and they kind of you know dressed it up in Dead Spaces, you know Dead Spacey type stuff, and it was all very creepy, and they had TVs everywhere, and uh, I absolutely hated the game. Um, I just it it felt like well I'm just I'm playing a light gun game, great, yeah, fantastic guys, you you really managed to make a light gun game out of a, a seri- uh, out of a game that was really yeah whether it was original or not was so fantastically produced on the Xbox. Um, so this brings me to Dead Space Extraction in the real life. So I, my initial encounter with it was somewhat, I, you know, I wasn't overly looking forward to it. But, but then some positive reviews come out and there were some people that I really trust within you know, the game industry who are saying, no, this is actually rather fun. So I find I'll stick it on my rental list and let's see what we can get. Now, I was expecting basically Dead Space um, in 480p uh, on my Wii. And I wasn't necessarily looking forward to that experience. Um, and what I got was something that was entirely not that. I mean, the way to explain it, so you would expect this to kind of, the way they've basically said this, this is an on-rail shooter. So it's basically, your mind says, right, this is a light gun game, so I'm just going to be shooting at you know, the creatures of Dead Space, and you know, shooting off their limbs, all the good stuff that you've seen from the original Dead Space. And what it turns out to be is not that at all. Um so this is it. It's not a first-person shooter. You don't have 360-degree movement. You, you know, you're not a third-person character like the original Dead Space. You are on rails, but you're not on guided rails. If I bring up something like um, House of the Dead mm. or Time Crisis, where you just, you know, it shoot those guys in it, front of it you, dra- drags you to a place. You yeah. just have to shoot the dudes as they appear, and they always appear at the same time. Yeah. You you move to the next, you know, next section, and you shoot the guys, and you move to the next section. <laughs> well done. Um, but what this actually done, I mean, EA have described this as a guided first-person experience. Now, when you actually hear that, you think, you know, EA are just, you know, just trying to make a, a, an on-rail shooter sound fancy. And once you've actually played it, you realize what they're saying. 
what they've done here is actually create a continued, almost like you're, you're watching a film experience. Um, you, the camera just basically follows you. You're, you're within inside this head, so you are playing with him first person, and you're following this new guy that is... Um, um, well, to set it up, it's actually a prequel. So um, you, you're basically down on the... Christ, you're down on the... the the uh, I want to call it Earth, but it's not. You're down on the planet where they find the marker, yeah, yeah. and basically you end up back on, on the Ishimura. I got it. And um, it doesn't then take place parallel with uh, Dead Space. And it does. Yes. Isaac so, would. D- does spoiler warning? Does Isaac end up you know interacting with you at all? No, not at all. No, ah, so it's not really spoiling. There, not really. But um, so I mean to get back onto really how this actually plays. So yes, it's a light gun shooter, but you're actually inside this this new guy's head and um. It's like you're watching a film. It's it's really narrative driven. Basically, all the movement throughout the game is be like the movement that you're doing yourself. So there's there's whole tons of head bobs and there's there's hands and there's arms and you're you're moving from area to area. There's actually you know, three or four other characters that you actually pick up along the way and you're interacting them face to face. And it really feels like you you've inhabited this person's body. Now the great thing about doing this, taking all the control away, and occasionally I was with the of the nun truck trying to move my character because I'm just so used to that kind of control method. Um, is that they they can set up fantastic little scenarios for you in in the way that you look at everything because they basically know what you should be looking at in these scenes. You know the way we talked about story scenes, like how you can just you know basically look at your feet and then jump up and down and you know um, running around in circles when they're trying to tell you something important and you know you miss whatever they were trying to do. In this, they're forcing your your hand to say, look, look at this. This is coming up. You should be scared here because we're going to do this thing where you look at the vent and really you should be looking at something behind you and your character you know slowly looks around. And you're like, oh my god, no, 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 don't don't look around. There's there's no control you can have on it. That's just that- me. I don't see why that's better. Is that better? Well, what I'm trying to say is, so that that to me does not shout this is a a light gun game. None of that I, I've ever seen in a light gun game. It's, it's always just like next scene to next scene to next scene in a very like boom. This here we go. You've completed this level. You've completed. This feels like an interactive movie. I was just about to say, but I thought it would cheapen it. But okay, if you say so, then yeah, okay. No, no, it doesn't. It, it actually, you realised. When you're playing games, how little or how much control you're actually just trying to get from A to B, and a lot of the experience you're making yourself is like, oh, okay, I can. I'm not. I'm not saying this way is any better, and I don't want every game to fall in a thing where I have no control over my character whatsoever. I'm just thinking what what they've done here is they they've taken what seems like a really simple idea and really expanded on it to actually, I think, kind of make a new genre of light gun shooters. It's exactly they've taken their property and gone right. How does this fit onto the Wii? We can't make Dead Space as it is on the 360 on the Wii. It's just not powerful enough, basically, is what they're, they're saying within this. And how do the t- controls translate to that? And even if you did have 360 degree of movement with the controls, um, suit that style of gameplay. So they've, they've taken, I, I think, the best of both worlds. They've taken the claustrophobicness of Dead Space and the, you know, the really good controls in the, and, well, the different controls of the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Sorry, um, I've never heard it turned that way. Yeah, the different controls of the Wii, and actually, really moulded them into a fan, you know, a, a, something different. So I, I'm actually, I'm really glad that he's actually tried, well, basically an interactive film. And the best way to actually describe it, you remember what Cloverfield looked like? Yes. Oh, this movement with the camera. Yeah. There we go. That's basically what it is. It's like okay. Now, that, that, just just saying that word suddenly made me take it up and take interest. Yeah. Um, now, if you've 
if you played the original Dead Space, it's it's a really a fun experience because ultimately you you find out how this marker and if you know the, the first Dead Space, you know what exactly what that means. How this marker basically big alien artifact yeah caused all this trouble down on the planet that you never went down to in the first one and how they actually got back up onto the Ishimura ship where you you take place on the, the Xbox and free the 360 PC, PS3 version um, so it sounds like Dead Space in many respects it looks like Dead Space just a bit more blurry and darker <laughs> I mean it is working on the Wii so give them, give them some breaks but it's probably the best Wii game outside of Super Mario Galaxy Whoa. Uh, graphics, graphics wise oh, right. okay. I've played um, so that's I mean that's a high point for me and just once again you look at this console and go no this is really powerful the only thing missing from this is um, HD graphics and maybe you know, next year or the year after we may get that so do you control it with just like a, a Wiimote on its own or can you maybe use the gun peripheral that you'd use you can use the Wii Zapper Nice. Yeah. So it's, you, what about the hand cannon? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it's, it's, I like the idea of that thing. It has all the same features. So if you if you put the the Wii remote on its side or the zapper on its side, then you use the alternative fire mode. And basically, it it takes all the weapons that are on on the so you, uh, you do gangland style. Yeah. <laughs> so it but it it takes all the weapons. It takes all the kind of the med packs and all the sounds and all the the looks are there from Dead Space. So it, it actually feels like a continuation, a prequel to the story that you you. Uh, experience on the 360 and some of the, the fantastic stuff of this is the way it actually plays with if you have a familiar familiar stance with the original version um, if you played played it before that you know that there's certain sections you come out and the first time you go into zero g there's like the, the side of the hole the, the spaceship that's been blown out and you go there and go all right there's the side of the spaceship and now that this is how you mess with these pre, um, zero g mechanics now this game actually puts you in the time and the place when that explosion happened on the spaceships and rips out the side of the spaceship so you actually get to see you know this how a lot of the the events that you play through in the first game um, uh took place so you you end up in like the, the ship's bridge and all these different places that you you notice from the first one and i just found that really nice I've, it was a it was a really nice homage to the, the first one but if you haven't played it I think there's plenty here to get excited about this series again, and you know, I think if you'd played through this, then you'd be really excited to actually give the the other version a go as well. Um, it's violent, very very violent for a Wii game. It's rated 18 in the UK, so that tells you about everything you need to know. This amendments for the win, and it, it's still all about you know, stacing, stay putting people into stasis and blowing their limbs off, and uh, nice. all the weapons, and it, it just feels really works really well with the the Wiimote and um, they actually throw probably more weapon uh, more enemies at you with this because you can have somewhat more precise controls um, to, but it, it's not all good I mean all that's pretty much much glowing um, should you buy this game and this is where I come slightly unstuck I completed it in 5 hours and 20 minutes yeah I um, should buy it because it'll be one of my 50 games in 50 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yes um and I mean, they, they throw in some challenge rooms like Batman. Um, it's you, know, it, you compete for high score, and they unlock harder difficulties where you can go back and obviously have more powerful weapons and, and work your way through it. But I rented it, and I feel like I had a fantastic five and a half hour experience. But I'm kind. I'm. I, I, do you know what? I'm honestly caught cool because I want to say to EA, fantastic job. 
you know, Dead Space is a is a series that I should be here to stay. I think it's although you know it borrows from a lot of sci-fi stuff with you know from games and screen. I think it's one of the more interesting uh, properties that have come out in the last couple of years. And I, I want to say to EA, continue this, and you know, for other people that are attempting light gun games on the Wii to say, look, this this is what you should be doing. This is a really interesting uh, and unique way to separate your game from a very crowded market. But at the same time, I'm not too sure I can tell people to go out there and spend £40 on a game that they're going to play for five hours. Um, and you know, maybe if you just own the Wii, you'd, you'd dig a bit deeper into that content and maybe get another five hours out of it. Mm. But um, that, to me, really brings down the scores. I, I'm not even too sure it needed to be any longer. I think I'd had my fill by the end of that. But uh, if you compare it to something like um, House of the Dead Overkill, which I played uh, what, eight, eight, nine months ago. Well, how about just the original Dead Space? It works fine as a companion piece. I mean, they they know the strength of the platform and they they stick with that. I don't think it's as good as the original Dead Space. Um, I think that well, some of the just in terms of game length. I mean, how long did it take you to complete Dead Space? It's about twelve hours actually. Dead Space is a much longer. Game. Twice as long. Yeah, I, I think Dead Space had had a, a lot, obviously had a lot more polish. You know, um, it's it's no infantry stuff and you know it's on screen. Hardened stuff like that, uh, uh, maybe uh, you know, some better ideas than what necessarily this brings to the game. But um, I went in this game really expecting not a lot at all. And um, for those that do play it, once you get to chapter nine, watch out for the end of that chapter because it's pretty damn impressive and made me. Uh, <laughs> I was quite shocked. Just put it that way. Other people can just YouTube it if they don't care. Um, YouTubing so, uh, it right now. <laughs> so overall, it's whether I give this a four or a three. Um, I think. If you're buying it, <sighs> three. If you're renting it, four. Three. Yeah. If you're if you're renting it and are a fan of the series, four. But I don't think three does it justice. It's just that there's not a lot here once you've completed it. Hmm. So I, I'm going to be on the more lenient side and give it a four because I think it tries something different than the Wii. And for everybody that says that Wii doesn't have adult content, I give you Dead Space because. This is for hardcore gamers, and I also um, gave you Mad World, uh, No yeah. More Heroes. There are games like yeah. this out there. There's, there's content out there, but you should. House of the Dead one with all the swearing. Yeah, I mean that's a light gun game, but I, I wouldn't say it's as good as this. But um, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and I know a lot of people out there would also if they had given it a chance. And it was one that almost um, slipped past me, so I'm glad I made the uh, the relatively brief time period I had with it. Uh, spare this week and uh, to bring you the review because I say got a week go and buy it or rent it from buy out- it in second hand 20 from, pounds a, from an outsider's point of view it seems like the perfect way to change a uh, established 360 PS3 game into a, a, a working Wii title working with the platform and, and doing what you can with it uh, give it a year in between to actually develop it and work out what people liked about the first one and obviously it's been in development for probably a bit longer than that right yeah, I do you know. I just, I wonder, and I, I maybe someone can come on the forums and tell us or write us into the Digital Cowboys. Could Dead Space have been done on the Wii? I mean, Mario sixty four was done. Resident on the, Evil four was. Well, yeah, but um, my point today was that you know, I was thinking back. You know, Mario sixty four was perfectly capable of, on the N sixty four of its you know three hundred and sixty degrees controls. Why you know why do they feel like the Wii is incapable of doing third person games? And I don't really know enough about third person games on the Wii to know whether they, they work or not I must admit I'm a bit uh, I, I tend to blame them on the other consoles so um, but I, I like what this what this tries so uh, yeah for, I, I thoroughly recommend it ok 
Right, and just before we uh, go, the I'm just going to do an update on my 50 games in 50 weeks. It's been one week now, and I have finished, finished one game. I'm in the middle of Guitar Hero 5 and Need for Speed Shift. I think I'm probably more likely to finish Guitar Hero than Shift. Um, but I finished Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the 360 XBLA, uh, which I had not finished before, so I've at least got my 1,200 points worth. Now, Was very that easy, by the way? It was, because, because, and I defy you to do this different, it is so rock hard, even on easy. It's a fighter, of course it is. It's so hard. It's, it, you know, I, I, there was bits when I was, you know, just got within an inch of, of life, and then, you know, it was like one versus, and I ended on a draw at one point, which effectively means I lost, and that's completely pointless. <laughs> this is only one round per person, so it may as well just say, fuck you, you lost. Um, and, but you know, I could just about get through the whole thing. But then the the final boss is—I've lamented this guy before. He's basically just this giant, like armored dude who charges at you and then throws shit at you, and then he turns into a laughing green guy with a gun who shoots you and just goes ha 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 ha, ha while shooting you. It is ridiculous. It's not a test of your skill. It's just a test of your blocking. And yeah, and then he turns into the giant red thing, rains down lava all over you. It's pathetic. And um, so that was Street Fighter Four for evil bosses. See, I prefer Seth. Seth because at least there's someone there you can hit. This guy's all over the place. He disappears into the floor. It's, it's rubbish. Um, so, but you know, uh, it's just as bad as Seth. So um, yeah, I, I've 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 gone through pain to finish that one to uh, go through my fifty games. But that's one. I've got one as well. Hey. hey. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're, we're neck and neck at the moment. <laughs> okay, right. Speed, give me what I need. Yeah, one lightning. Let's be on speed, the wheels on wheels. Speed, I'll let it bleed. Yeah, grease lightning. Let's be on speed, the wheels on wheels. Okay, competition time. This is the iTunes competition, America versus the UK. Go for it, Tony. Yes, so once again, repeat. Once we hit 50 on either side of the constant, which everyone gets there first, we'll win their, the first bag of swag because we're going to give a bag of swag to each one. But it's more of an experiment. Who? Not necessarily who likes us more. Who's more loyal at giving us a vote now? What do you reckon? <laughs> uh, at the moment, <laughs> How do you phrase that? <laughs> uh, well, we can only look at the results for this week. Um, so, I mean, remember, it was, it, you know, as soon as we hit 50, UK gets uh, a prize. As soon as we hit 50 in America, America gets a prize. And in the UK, we've had Metal Mad, and that was from last week, so that doesn't actually count for this week. We forgot to read him out last week. But since then, we've had Shoinan from Big Red Potion. Thank you very much, mate. Mild Salsa, the disturbingly named Giblet Magooch, <laughs> Flying Tortoise, Ted Bovis, Simpo, and Bowlby. And thank you very much for the very nice things all of you have said, especially Bowlby, who's usually very critical of us. That's, um, <laughs> we love him anyway. Yeah. Okay. So that's seven in the past week. And America have had Mumbo Bob, Now Invisibly, Nerd Leader, Uncle Chaz of the Married Gamers fanbase, and JZ007. And that's it. That makes it five. That so indeed. UK, UK for the win at the moment. Wins again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. What are you doing, five. America? You can't yeah. let us beat you like that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like we're rewriting history and we eventually will re-own the colonies. 
Yeah, and, so, and I just I just want to reiterate what Alex said. Um, thanks very much, actually, because a lot of the feedback in there has actually been rather helpful reading back through it, and um, some of it people have commented about, you know, somewhat um, the nature of how we we have some really great ideas and we don't actually pull them through. That's true. Um, there's there's many reasons for that, um, which we won't get in now because we've got you know short of time. But uh, maybe when we that's one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is the main reason is short of time. Shortness of time and also just the the, the sheer practicality of getting all these new features in. And we're, we're, we're at the moment we're focusing on what we do really really well, I think, which is to do you know, interviews and talking about games specifically. But and film club will be coming back at some point it will it will be we're just it's more of a case of trying to fit the time within the time that we have within our personal lives as well so overall anyway overall that brings the uk to 33 reviews and the usa to 28 reviews so that's only five behind they can still make it they can still be first in fact i've got an interesting idea oh yeah i am going to be the american representative of this Oh, so you're repping the US, so I'm the UK. Yes. Okay, right. Here we I'm go. going for the underdogs, even though that as a as a colony, they are. Um, They're not what? used to being the underdogs. You've got to be Muhammad Ali during the. Actually, no, he was kind of on top throughout the whole thing. The, How the, many the UKs could we get in there? How many UKs could we fit in America? Surely, fifty. We can get more. Yeah, we can get more than twenty-eight reviews. UK me. needs seventeen. America needs twenty-two. Yeah, so I'm going to get Sassy. Sassy's going to come and help me out as well. So, yeah. okay. So yes, continue on. Uh, but thank you once again for all the feedback. It's been uh, fantastic to read. On the subject of feedback, yes, the forums have been a resounding success. I think. Yeah, I, I really love this place. It's like I come in from work, or I just come off, you know, get up in the morning. Jump on, see what people have written. It's great. It's it's really, and I've got to say, props to uh, Tim for helping us up with the space, and props to Count Stacks for setting us up with that actual setup. Because just you can just jump on, check what answers to all posts are, answers to just your posts are. It's it's really user friendly. It's great stuff, and, 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 and I love the thing, people on there. The great thing about this was that we were told that you know don't do a forum because forums are dead. You know, Twitter's taken over the place of forums. By Commander the, Tim, he was like, ah, you don't want a forum. Not, what do you want a forum for? Not just Commander Tim, many people, and you know, up until this point, and we're recording this on a uh, Thursday, we have 1,100 plus posts and 49 members, and all that into 700 weeks. of those are from us, though. <laughs> no, 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 but it's some really, really interesting conversation in there. And uh, like I say, if you want to continue the conversation from the show that we've come, done the week before, but also just other stuff that is coming into your mind or want to uh, influence how the show is going to uh, work in the future, just come on the forum. It takes two seconds. But we continue our giveaway, our forum giveaway this week. So, that, you know, what have you given away so far? I've given away PAX t-shirts. I've given away Beatles Rock Band t-shirts. Code. Uh, but yeah, when I say t-shirts, I, they're, they're Avatar t-shirts, so don't get right. too excited. But to celebrate the fact that in a minute we'll be doing a Dead Space uh, review, Dead Space Extraction review, I have a Dead Space Extraction t-shirt to give away. Um, How did you get it? Or did you get it at PAX? Yeah, all the way from the United States of America, who now I support. And you may end up having to send it all the way back to America, depending on... Quite possibly, but um, that's this week's competition. Now, there is no other competition than uh, actually just go into that competition page and put down why you should own that Dead Space T-shirt. I will put a picture up on it as well. And uh, I actually have two T-shirts, but um, let's just say one I may be wearing at this precise moment. You might want Tony's man stink all over it. (laughs) But no, they're actually, they're really, really cool T-shirts. So uh, that's your competition for this week. So just post in, in the uh, competition forum, Fred. And that's at what? Di- uh, the digitalcowboys.com forward slash forum? Correct, Amanda. Okay. Love. 
Set sail with the Married Gamers. I'm Chris Brown, your captain and friendly host, joined every week by my vivacious cruise director, Kelly Brown. Yes, join us weekly for scintillating conversations about video games from a married perspective. You don't have to be married to listen, but you'll never know who you'll meet on this cruise. So pack your bags and come aboard. Sean, Julian, even though it's kind of redundant because everyone listening to us knows exactly who you are, it's time to plug gamers with jobs with all your might. <laughs> um... Okay, I guess that falls to me since I'm one of the guys who helped create it. Uh, gameswithjobs.com is your source for... No, I can't do this. How do you even do this? How do you, I don't what know. Do you, it's, it's, it's a, it, you know what? I, I'll tell you this about gameswithjobs.com. We just, we just ran our uh, donation drive, which, which just finished up. And what I discovered, as I do every year, is that we just have a phenomenal community of people who are, are just so much fun to hang out with. Like, Playing video games, getting you know that that kind of sense of community. We 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 bring people together and, and we make them be nice to each other, uh, which is the real key we find. At and then they play, video, yes. yeah, and then they play video games with each other, and we all ha- hang out. And it's, that's like that that when we created it, the whole idea was okay. We're going to create the place that 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 we wish always kind of existed. So I don't I don't even know if I'm answering a question here, but no, no that that will do. That's great. All right, thank you. Okay, that's all from us this week. Remember to be in with a chance to win a giant bag of packs and game-related swag, including T-shirts, full games, codes, and all sorts of exclusive goodies. Go to iTunes and leave us a review. Next week, we should have on Bernie Burns and Jeff Ramsey from Rooster Teeth Productions. These are the founders and two of the principal cast of many Machinima series, including the seminal Red vs. Blue. If you've not heard of it, go to the Red vs. Blue website in the show notes and watch their most recent full series, Reconstruction. Watch the whole thing from beginning to end. It's awesome, and it's done using the Halo 3 engine. We'll be talking about that a lot next week. The music for the end of the show this week is from the DC theme tune composer Mark Chance, and it's called Happy from his album Blue Dog. So we'll see you next week. I've been Alex Shaw. I've been Tony Atkins. And these guys have been... Julian Rabbit Murdoch. Well Julian. Happy trails.
you happy is what will set you free.